Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Welcome to another edition of the Revelation Project Podcast. My guest today is Tracy J, who believes the world can be a better place if we focus on human-to-human interactions. As the lead rebel of the Quiet Rebel brand, she creates space for authentic, grace-filled conversations about the things that matter most. Her signature event, 100 Voices, invites participants to dialogue about race and culture. 100 Voices and events based on its framework offer a guided conversation that welcomes self-examination and a window into our humanity through others' lived experience. Tracy is a mom to three adult daughters and counts them as her greatest joys. Hi, Tracy. Hi, how are you? I am so good. And like you, I am looking out the window on a beautiful sunny day and all is right with the world this morning. And that sounds like a lot to say when when, when we consider all of what's been going on. Yes. Yeah. But we have to count small joys, don't we? Yes, we do. Even more so, I think. So tell me, I know that you have, you actually have quite a few exciting things that you are doing in the world. But my very first question for you is around, I'm so curious around quiet rebel. Like that just lands for me as like, yes, quiet (laughs) rebel. Tell me more. So um, quiet rebel in my vocational life, I have had many opportunities to be the background Mm -hmm. for other people's dreams. I've often referred to myself as sort of a midwife, sort of just in the room, helping make sure your baby gets here. Oh, right? I love that. Yeah. But, um, and then handing people's babies back to them. Um, and so I refer to that part of my life as being sort of the hands and feet of, of people's existence. Mm. And in, in my self, I am always attuned to my heart and head and not as much to my hands and feet. And my heart and my head are always like, how do we shake this up? How do we make life better? How do we do things differently? Why does it have to look that way just because it's always looked that way? And so the quiet part is from me being behind the scenes most of my life. And the rebel part is me finally waking up to the idea that my heart and my head matter and that we can do things differently. Yeah, you know, it's it's that's beautiful and I I think the quiet piece resonates for me too because sometimes that's where it's like the silence. I've really learned to value kind of the silence. It's where I have some of my biggest revelations. It's where, you know, there's this quiet side I think to myself that I've discovered over the years and It doesn't, it's almost like, I feel like the word grace comes up for me. Like there's a a quiet grace that comes in. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm less feisty or less, you know, or less willing to kind of, like you said, like, I know you didn't say this exactly, but kind of like shake it up. Right. Yeah. Uh, Or, you know, I'm willing to kind of rumble with things, but I come at it from a much more thoughtful and less reactive place. Mm -hmm. And and that's what Mm -hmm. you make me think of when I think of 
how you just described Quiet Rebel. Yeah, I also like most of my personal wellness practices involve silence of some kind. Mm. So that's the so the other sort of underlying current behind being quiet is I, I think silence is essential. Yeah, well, and, and it's interesting, because what we're going to now kind of talk about is conversations. And that there's something there, though, that also, it's, it's interesting, because when we kind of now transition into what you're doing, to have a transformational conversation, or a conversation that really shakes things up, there's a listening that is required. Yes. And I think that that's where kind of, again, the silence, the quiet can be such an ally. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, most of us have conversations, and you've probably heard this before, where we are practicing our response rather than just listening to what the other person is saying. Yeah. And not fully hearing or embodying what was just presented to us which was really a gift, right? If somebody is taking the time to share information with you, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. But we are so busy in our own bubble, in our own space, thinking about how we can be right, about how we can be heard, about how we can get our information out, that we're not at all concerned about what the other person on the other side of this equation is trying to offer us. And so being quiet and actually listening is a tool that we don't that we don't access often enough. That's right. It's very, very true. And I, I know that I said this before, but it's, I'll say it again. I think that when I, I love the power of acknowledgement. And when I say acknowledgement, I mean, like, I, what I also mean is witnessing and listening. Mm -hmm. Because I think that we're starving for it. I, but I think that in order to get it, we have to give it. I look at a lot of, at least for myself, right? And I'll speak for myself, but it's this idea of the giver's gain for me, where I started recognizing so many of my deep, deep needs to feel seen and known. And so I remember, you know, one day kind of like questioning, you know, getting real curious with myself about that and kind of like, well, do you give that to other people, Monica? And maybe, maybe start there. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that, maybe start there, Monica. Yeah. That's so, so good. <laughs> right. And, yes. and, and what well, was so, so yeah, that was a revelation, you know, and starting to recognize that, yes, actually, we train the world how to be in relationship with us. And when we show up asking powerful questions and listening, what shows up eventually is kind of that same kind of, it's like we're training what we're modeling. Yeah. So tell me about 100 Voices. So 100 Voices is a women's dialogue about race and culture. It's a space for authentic, grace-filled conversation about a topic that we don't discuss in private conversation. You know, we, um, or in public conversations. We are polite. We don't talk about things that might create tension for people. <laughs> we, uh, we shelter ourselves from things that might be harmful. But the fact is, like, it's a very present reality. And it is often the proverbial elephant in the room, right? I'm a Black woman. You cannot escape that. Like, that is who I am. When I show up, that's who I am. Right. And if we try to pretend like that part of me doesn't matter, 
then we're doing a disservice to us both. So it's not even just about recognizing this whole like black and white dynamic because the world is so much bigger than just black and white, but it is understanding humanity. Can you see the person across from you as fully human? You said that so beautifully. And what I want to go back to is this piece about grace-filled because, oh Lord, that is the word that kept coming up for me when so much of the vitriol and so much of the anger and the Ah, just the dialogue, the messy, messy dialogue. It was like it was so ungraceful and everybody was so unwilling to give each other grace, you know? Yeah. It's this idea of like, and I, uh, this is where I want to get curious, but like, this is going to be messy. It's kind of like the elephant in the room, the same way that you were like, I'm a black woman, right? That, yeah. Like, this is going to be a messy conversation. Like, let's just start from that premise. Yeah. We have to agree it's going to be messy. Yeah, it's going to be messy. It's going to be triggering. Yeah, but th- but that doesn't mean it has to be mean. No. And that doesn't mean that it has to hurt necessarily in the way that we're accustomed to where it's hurting. We can be vulnerable. We can be brave. And we can come out of this on the other side. But we have to want to do that. So when it comes to 100 Voices... You have chosen to work specifically with women. Well, yes and no. Okay. So um, this whole thing started as one event that I thought was going to maybe happen annually in Houston, where I live. And then the world cracked open Mm -hmm. and more and more people around the country were asking to have this conversation. And I realized very quickly, oh, it's not going to stay in Houston. And <laughs> and surprise, and, surprise. Uh-huh. surprise, surprise. And also, while that this particular event, 100 Voices, is specifically a women's event, I'm also creating space where men can participate in a dialogue. So 100 Voices in and of itself is yes for women. However, through my work and because it has um, appeared necessary, there will be other spaces where other voices can be heard. And I want to kind of circle back and get curious about, there's an emphasis though on women. And so I want to get curious about that. Why that, why, why women? Why women? Because um, we are generally culturalized to hear men's voices Mm. above women's voices. And oftentimes when we co-mingle in a space, whatever the conversation is, the male voices get raised higher. And I wanted to make sure that there was space available where women's voices are heard, where we hear ourselves, where we hear other women, and where we can um, at least not have that one hurdle to overcome. Like this conversation is hard enough, right? It's already a lot of tension. There's angst. There's shame. There's fear. There's a lot of other stuff already in the mix of this conversation. And so if we maybe eliminate one hurdle and also start from the common place of having this sort of shared female identity, whatever that is, because that's not even a real thing, right? Everybody has their, their concept of that too. But if we can, let's pretend for a moment that our femaleness makes us connected. At least that's a place to start. 
Well, and it, it occurs to me as you're speaking that it's really... I was like, whoa, suddenly it hit me like, wow, 100, right? Mm -hmm. Voices, just the thought of facilitating a conversation that I'm guessing or I'm making up that you really have to be very intentional about the contextualizing the conversation and like the ground rules and the, you know, just the values that you want to surface for people to all kind of keep in mind as they're having a conversation. And let me check in with you and say, like, is that accurate? I mean, that must be daunting. (laughs) I don't, I don't know if I would call it daunting. It is, it's necessary. Yes. And it is a thing that I am very intentional about. Before any of these events, we have a set of agreements that we enter into together. I'm not holding anybody hostage in the conversation. So if the if the agreements do not suit you, you are you are welcome to to take your leave. And it's okay, <laughs> right? right. Um, but we have to agree upfront that I was calling it a safe space, but someone reframed it for me recently as a brave space, mm, and yes. I um, and I want to make sure that we are coexisting peacefully and that it is a brave space to be. Yeah, that's such a great distinction. Uh, I remember really learning that distinction last, I guess it was last year and watching a lot of dialogue happen with kind of another celebrity, uh, Glennon Doyle. Glennon Doyle. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And really, really kind of really listening to so many of the black women that she was working with and really recognizing and feeling this kind of immediate concern because things got really heated and, and just, you know, I had to use a lot of my inner, you know, tools like, wow, obviously you're activated, Monica, like calm down. Like this is okay. Like they got this right. And, and just having so many on both sides, modeling a lot of humility, fierce conversation, you know, love, right? It was all there. Mm -hmm. But it was it was intense. And I'm imagining that, you know, because and I think that was the trigger was this idea of like, no, 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 no safe space, right? It's like brave space. Because I think that there's some really interesting things that come up around safe space. So again, I'm going to get curious, what what is the distinction for you? So when we're in a space that we consider safe in our minds, we believe it is a place where we can't be hurt. Mm. But having a vulnerable conversation, we might get hurt. Yeah, We might actually feel something other than pleasure in this moment. But if we are brave and we face what we're feeling, then we can get to the other side of it. But we cannot get to the other side of it if we stay where we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it really, really requires courage. Absolutely. So tell me what, what sparked (laughs) you? Yeah. Little breath there. We'll take a breath. Yeah. Normally I blow bubbles. I don't know where my bubbles are right now, but like, that's one of my calming techniques is I, I I blow bubbles. I love that right in the house. You'll just like dip it right in the, that's so cute. I love that. Found some, got it. Bubbles. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm going to do that. Bubbles, bubbles for all my friends. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's a thing. You should do it. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm now I'm pretending. No, it's yeah. People laugh at me all the time, but it is the one thing that I know that I can come back to 
that will get me right in a few seconds. Oh, I love that. I love that. I tap. I'll start tapping to like get myself right. Mm -hmm. But I love the idea, right? Because it's like this idea of connecting back to the breath in some way is what comes up for me when you talk about the bubbles. Yeah, it's connecting back to the breath. And also it's a visual thing, right? So you can literally watch the stuff float away from you Mm. that was in there. Like you can get it up and get it out and watch it float away. I knew I loved you from the minute I saw you, but (laughs) this is just proving to be an excellent choice for me. So tell me what, what sparked your interest in this work? Tell, tell us a little bit of background. Um, okay. So that is a, um, it's like a sweater with a ravel on it, that Mm -hmm. you just keep pulling on. Mm. (laughs) I'm just like, pretty soon I'm only going to have the neck left in the sweater, (laughs) but but it's it started actually um sort of watching my marriage fall apart mm. and realizing that we were loved each other right this whole like love at first sight type situation um but we weren't entirely sure we liked each other and it wasn't so much that we didn't like each other it was that we didn't know each other we hadn't taken the time to explore what we could be to each other as friends before we got all serious and decided we were going to be married to each other. And then sort of like, you know, when you start openly examining this other person, all the stuff just sort of comes back at you. Right. So then it's like, Oh wait, I don't even know these things about myself Mm. that I want to know about him or her or whatever your partnership situation is. Like you don't, we don't know enough about ourselves to even make a conscious decision about who to invite into our space. So that led me to doing my own self-examination, which then led me to like wanting to teach other people how to do that. And so there was a series of failed workshop attempts. So I did, I did, um, would I marry me as a workshop? I did um, introspection for leaders as a workshop. And then I created a card game centered around questions about three years ago called I'm Glad You Asked, which was uh, an answered prayer to like wanting a product that was tangible, that wasn't a book, because, you know, everybody's writing a book and the people in my life who know me know that I write and they're like, oh, Tracy, you should write. When's the next book coming out? I do have a book (laughs) that I published almost 20 years ago, but it was a novel and it was written in a whole different space in my life, right? Right, right. So that's not where I am. I don't, I don't, I don't want to write a book. (laughs) That's not to say I won't ever again. It's just that that's not where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, yeah. So I just really wanted a product that I could produce, that I could put in people's hands that also, you know, spoke to where my heart was in the moment, which was like, how do we ask questions and get people talking to each other and like have genuine conversation more than just like, hi and bye. And how's the weather? And oh, that traffic is terrible. And you know, yeah. We, if, if you want to see me, if you want to see me start withering and dying, just start asking me questions like that. Right? Oh, it drives me nuts. Oh, and it's you. really just to pass time, right? It's just, we're just filling up airspace, but we're not getting to know anything about each other at all. No, you know, what's so funny. What comes up for me when you say that is I, I had this like, early on, right? Like this is when I was like naive, like I'm so smart now, haha. But, <laughs> but 
But it was like, you know, the early kind of days of the Revelation Project where I was like, yeah, yeah, like I get it, you know, like where we can like actually talk to each other and share our insights with each other. Like this is what happened last night and this was the revelation that happened, right? Like we would actually like get real with each other versus like continue to have these superficial conversations that go nowhere and do nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like there is, it's so true that I want to assert And I believe that we are all starving for these kinds of conversations. But I think what's missing is our, our kind of the, the field guide, so to speak, for how to have these conversations. And what I'm now realizing is that you're providing the field guide. I'm trying, Monica. (laughs) I'm getting, I'm getting more and more excited about this as we talk. I'm telling you. This is, this is important. This is so good. And, and I love this piece about brave and I love this piece about grace. I want to ask you this. How do you, like, how is your approach really different from others who might do this work? And like, what would you say is unique to the way you're doing this conversation? The primary difference is that this conversation model is mostly about listening. So we um, incorporate a um, share and then invite model. So when the facilitator asks the question, you are able to answer the question from your authentic place in the world while everyone else is listening to your Mm -hmm. response Mm -hmm. and not trying to offer you feedback, not trying to ask you questions just hearing what you have to say. And then you then invite someone else to share. So the conversation is an ongoing invitation to share and it's ongoing listening to someone else's story. I love that. And the format, because I know that you had initially had your very first 100 voices in person. It was- yes. yes in February, right before kind of the COVID shutdown toward the end of February. Yes. So, so tell me what were your takeaways from that experience as that being the first one, and then tell us what happens in the digital space. The initial takeaway was that this was just the beginning of a conversation that the women who showed up on February 29th were hungry to keep talking. Mm. Like when I, when, when I first told them, okay, guys, like time is up, we are wrapping up in like 10 minutes, wrap your conversations up that like the, there was a resounding no, like we got to, we're not finished. We need to keep talking. <laughs> and even like when I was like, okay, okay, okay. We can do a few more minutes, but literally we have to be out of this space at a particular time. So I need you to wrap it up. <laughs> and so like the the like immediate feedback was when can we do this again how how can we keep these conversations going um and then i was invited by a friend in seattle who watched this whole thing unfold in houston and said hey would you be willing to do this for seattle and i said absolutely i'll be willing to do it for seattle which was just like a week before Seattle shut down because of COVID. Wow. And then we, like, we're listening to the news, right? And we're like, okay, 
we can't have gatherings of more than 200 people. I'm like, okay, well, this is 100. Maybe we can still go, you know, because nobody knew the like total impact of this virus and, you know, all the ramifications of that. And so we just kept watching it. And then we're like, oh, now we're down to 50 people can't gather. Now we're down to 10 people. And we're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to Seattle. That's that's pr pretty much been decided. And so we sat on it for a couple of weeks. And then like everybody was doing everything virtually, having meetings and happy hour and all the things started happening via, you know, some online platform. And then I realized that Zoom has the capability of doing breakout rooms. So then, oh, well, we can still facilitate these conversations and we can still have our small groups, much like they would be at a table, but we just do them in a in a breakout room. Mm -hmm. So we decided to move the Seattle event to a virtual experience. And so in the midst of planning the Seattle event, which is coming up, then the world cracked open. Mm. And suddenly everybody around us was grappling for a way to have this exact conversation. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. wow. Were you just like, you cannot make this up, right? You cannot make it up. I was like, mm -mm. is this my real life? This mm -hmm. is my real life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and I, I want to go back and, and you had said something about, you know, and I'm going to actually like request that you never say ever again, those failed attempts before, because those were, I, I think those, what you were calling failed attempts were like your prototypes for what you're doing now. Thank you for that. Thank you for that reframing. That was, that's necessary. And you know, it's the, it's the self-talk, you know, we, we, it's a tape that plays I and know, every now and I've then you it. need somebody to, to rewind the tape and play it back for you. So you know how you sound. Thank you. Well, only because yes. I reckon, I only because I recognize that in myself, you know, I just be like, why? Why didn't this work? And I'm like that. God, you got so much from from doing that. Yeah. And it's yeah. like that that idea of failing forward or whatever, or our frame of failing. Yes. And it's like, no, no, that was a great success because it, it actually created the foundation and all of the learning oh, yeah. that we needed for for facilitating kind of the brave conversation. And here it is, right? And oh, that, thank you. Yes, yeah. I needed that. Well, it's it just takes my breath away. It truly does, especially because of what I've witnessed. And I know that, you know, we all know that social media is a cesspool, you know, in terms of just, you know, when it comes to just seeing the worst of the worst, right? I, I, I'm somebody who actually teaches and, uh, you know, does a lot of working with clients in the digital marketing realm. And so, I, I really recognize how much power social media has. And I think that mm -hmm. for the most part, social media has the power and can be a, an incredible change maker and platform for social change. But there's, you know, it's, it's kind of like going back to creating some context and some ground rules. It's like people don't know how to behave. It, it's like right. they don't have the... They don't have the context for how to engage in a way that, you know, stays kind and dignified and doesn't kind of just devolve into a wounding, another wounding, another traumatic experience. Yeah. I think people forget that the social media is real life. Mm. 
and that those words land on real people. Yeah. You know, we get what I refer to as keyboard courage. Mm-hmm. Well, we can, nobody's ever going to see me. They're only going to see what I've said. And so I can say whatever I want to say. And it can sound however I want it to sound. And, you know, who cares how it lands? Because I'm protected by this invisible shield of the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, on the other side of those words is a human being who is experiencing some response to what you said. And if you would not say it to someone face to face, if you wouldn't have the courage, the balls to say it to somebody face to face, don't type it. Mm -mm. Besides that, the internet keeps receipts. Mm -hmm. So if you type it, there's a paper trail. And right now, what you don't want, really not ever, but specifically right now, what you don't want is for your words to come back to bite you. Mm-hmm. It's so, so true. So I'm going to go back to kind of the the digital format. And yes. I, know, I know you haven't done it yet. And you're right, right? Like I've, I've actually- We, we been, actually did. We did do did. it. You um, did? Yeah, okay. because- yeah, because the world cracked open and I got an invitation to 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 pull together in rapid fire a, another conversation. So just this past weekend, we had amazing. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't the Seattle conversation, but it was No. But it was it did give you the opportunity to kind of do this digitally. Yes. So how did it go? Yes. It was great. Wow. It was it was so good. We had um, 85 women register, mm-hmm. which surpassed all my expectations, considering we, we had two weeks to like make this thing a thing. Mm-hmm. And 60 of them showed up, which was, again, amazing because it's a Saturday night at seven o'clock. Like people have a lot of life happening around them. So yay for them for being there. Mm-hmm. And I'm still getting responses back right now from women who are like, okay, what's next? How do I keep this going? Same as when we did it in person, like they, we aren't ready to stop talking. This has to just be the beginning of this conversation. And then of course it's me over here, like one woman shop trying to figure out <laughs> how all of a sudden to, <laughs> to create additional spaces for people to continue to dialogue. It's a good problem to have. But also, it's a it's a challenge for me because I'm just like, oh, okay, we got to do more. Okay, yes, let's do more. What does that look like? Well, fortunately, and, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> just just like I said to Monette, I see a facilitator's training in your future because, yeah, you know, you you, you can only do so many of these, but there's there is a, a recipe, right? A format. And I think yeah. that, that, you know, that that's just the key. It, it becomes the key to really key to unlocking the change that we want to create in the world. I'm fortunate too, that I have some really amazing people around me who, um, who are willing to like, just pick up my slack. Okay, TJ, what do you need? Mm-hmm. How can we help you? What needs to happen? Because they see the value in the work. And so they don't want to see it fall apart because I've fallen apart. 
So whatever their gift to me is, even if it's just showing up with duct tape and paper towels to keep me together in this moment, whatever needs to happen, there's some really amazing people in my life who keep making sure that I keep going. So when you now that you've done this a couple of times, I'm wondering if you've identified a place or I mean, I'm sure there's many, but if there's a couple of places that really stick out to you as like, wow, these couple of pieces or this part of the conversation is really the turning point, either that or uh, the place where a lot of people get stuck. Well, we begin the conversation with an examination of our sort of family of origin and our Mm -hmm. neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so often we don't really consider those things as we move about our world into adulthood. We just know sort of at the surface that, oh, yeah, this is my family and this is where I grew up. But we don't necessarily take the time to like look at how those things formed our worldview. Mm -hmm. And so starting in that place has been sort of revelatory for people because we don't we don't know how much of what we do is unconscious that is just programming and we don't even know that we can make a different decision if a different decision is necessary mm-hmm. i um i have as a result of the first 100 voices before the world cracked open i have noticed that many of the women who were in that room are showing up differently socially. They're showing up differently on their personal social media platforms are taking a stance that maybe they wouldn't have taken in January. Mm. Just to, without divulging or giving, you know, too much, can you give me an example? So this is a generalized example, sort of a, a amalgamation, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we had this, this dialogue and it was a diverse group of women and everybody's hearing experiences that are unlike their own. And for the first, for some, for some women, that was the first time that had happened because we often have these conversations in silos. And so now I've noticed that some of those women are actively using their voice to recognize privilege, to recognize injustice, to recognize where they themselves have not lived into what it means to be fully human or to recognize other people's humanity and not on purpose, not because they are mean-spirited or terrible people, just because because if you don't ever have to recognize those things, you don't recognize them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so actively saying with words, I have lived a life of privilege is not a thing that I, that I think some of the women would have said before. And conversely, women who have not lived a life of privilege, who were also in the room, are more graceful in their approach to how to welcome people who are just now coming up to this place. Instead of being angry about the years of people being asleep, <laughs> women are having more patience, having that's more. where the grace comes in, right? That's yeah, where, yeah. That's where so Having, much grace you know, comes in, yes. Yeah, and, and also like being willing to be in spaces where people are just now realizing where where this all thing all fell apart, right? And it falls apart differently for each of us because we all have a different lived experience, you know? And so that is another thing that 
like I've heard multiple times from participants is that, wow, even though this woman looks like me, her lived experience is vastly different. And so we can't like lump all the folks into one box because nobody fits in the box. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nobody fits in the box. Nobody fits in the box. So what do you think is special about this time right now? Like just just like I love that you keep saying when the world cracked open because I keep smiling. I think I just actually <laughs> I think I just actually cracked my lip open when I smiled the oh, last no. time. But <laughs> but it was because it was because what occurs to me is just the again the mindset, right? It's like the reframe because a lot of people are kind of living in a different experience. It's like almost like the world is falling down and it's like yeah. you're like no no it's cracking open right it's yeah. just like it's such a it's such a joy and i think that it's i think that's a hard one for people to get their heads around when things get really messy and really kind of seem dark and and i want to say for somebody <laughs> you know that kind of was in that same place right before i kind of understood that it has to get really dark before we start, it's almost like the dark for me represents this like womb, you know, like where, mm, where yeah. something else is about to be born. And as we know, like when we, when there's like a quickening or like a, a, a catastrophe, it, it, you know, it's, or labor pains, right? There's all these metaphors, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah you can't get to the pearl without the grit piece or you can't yeah. you can't get to the dawn without the dark piece yep yeah or the diamond without the coal piece yeah or as my friend vanessa said just recently and she and this had not happened yet so it was hysterical when we actually looked back she said you can't have the renovation without the disaster and she was talking about renovating her bathroom and i just thought that was so yeah. perfect cuz it was like a week it before is completely right perfect yeah yeah it has to be torn down. But also, I think it's Rumi, and I could be misquoting, said the crack is where the light comes in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, you know, yeah. So it's it looks fractured because it's fractured. It's been fractured. But now it's like we're getting to pull it all the way open and, like, let in as much light as possible. And, yeah, so let's let's just do it. Let's stop. Pretending like it like it can't happen because that's one of those things is like you know we forget that ma- minds can change <laughs> just just because you have always thought a particular way about a particular thing doesn't mean you have to continue to think that well and, and well exactly <laughs> and back to you can't make this stuff up you know when I look I always love you know I kind of love how life just like the magic of life in that you couldn't have created a more fertile convergence of circumstances for people to be in a position to listen or get this in the way that they're getting it now. Absolutely. And it's just like, wow. Like, I was just like, I'm just like, let me get my popcorn. Wow. This is like, you know, I'm like watching this unfold and, uh, you know, obviously wanting to be part of 
you know, celebrating this time and reminding people, no, no, this is good. This is good. This is amazing. Like, let's go. Like, you know, let's, let's crack this thing wide open. This is serving nobody because there's so much here that's, that's wanting to come, I think, to the full surface in the full light of day and be seen for what it is. Yeah. You know, we looked at this whole COVID-19 situation as a like extreme tragedy. And in many ways it was, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But also it gave us, all of us, a time to just be, to not be out, to not be doing, to just be. To not be distracted. All of that. All of it. Right? Yeah. To not be worrying about what comes next, like outside in the world. Like, of course, we're worried about like our internal safety and health and provisions, but like getting to the next place on time or what somebody else has to say about who we are, because mm-hmm. like, who you go see? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. We're not even seeing people. So there's like you eliminate this like veiled sense of perfection. Um, You know, even people who have risen to the height of celebrity status in this country. Right. We're seeing them in their pajamas and we're seeing them without makeup and we're seeing them without all the things that, you know, people mimic about them because they think it makes them better for some reason. Right. We just got to see everybody's real self and their human self. And we got a chance to like, just breathe, mm-hmm. just to just breathe, which ironically is the thing that like cracked the world open was because a man couldn't breathe. Yeah. And also that COVID attacks the lungs, right? And, and that, yes, and, yes. you know, and when you look at, you know, interestingly enough, because in my world, too, uh, I work with a lot of just amazing people who are really in the f- conversation to save the Amazon rainforest as the lungs of our mm-hmm. planet. And yeah. And of course, we haven't kind of even this will we'll have to table this for another time. But this idea of really what I think is like this feminine uh, energy, this feminine archetype coming back and wanting to this, these energies, right? The nurturing, the listening, mm-hmm. the, the, the community, the connectedness, it's, it's all connected. And I think that until we, you know, we continue to, to go back to what you were saying, and, you know, really this, demystifying, you know, seeing the humanity, we start to see how everybody's, everybody's human, everybody's connected to every, everything that we do creates, you know, has an impact, uh, whether it's on another human being, or it's on the environment, or, you know, it's just, it's, it's been a really fascinating time. Even something just as simple as wearing a face mask. Yeah, right. It, It just when I put this thing on my face, it's because I care enough to not get you sick if I'm sick and don't know it. Yeah, it has us think about things. It forces us to think about things and become uh, it, it get in a habit of thinking about things in in a different way than we've ever had to think about them before. Yeah, in a collective way, in a way that that 
expresses how we all impact each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, as you blow your bubbles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's say I say, okay, Tracy, I, I want, I want to be part of this conversation. I want to facilitate a hundred voices conversation. I want, I want you to help me, like help me to help others like in this way, or I I want to be part of your movement. What do I do? The easiest thing to do at this moment is to just send me an email Mm -hmm. um, at the quiet rebel life at gmail.com. Okay. That's the easiest thing to do, to just send me a note. I respond to my email. I'm also on social media, on Instagram at quietrebel.life and on Facebook at Always Tracy J. Um, and there is a Quiet Rebel website, which is quietrebellife.com. And uh, so, yeah, and I'm, you know, like everybody else in the world, I'm connected at all times to my device. So I don't miss too many messages. Right, right. Well, I love that you put in that you actually respond to them. So that's good. Yeah. 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 I actually respond. That's good. Good. So, and, and it's me responding, not a, like a bot or a... Right. Like, <laughs> right. Good. Okay. That's, that's really great. And um, I'm also curious, do like if, it, you know, and I, you might not have even thought this through yet, but I, but I doubt that. Do, um, are there are there certain skill sets that you're looking for for women who might be interested in doing this? Like, do they, you know, does it kind of lend itself like women who've done coaching or gotten coaching certification or a specific kind like that are kind of uniquely suited to help facilitate these conversations or? So the answer is yes. However, the qualities that I look for in partnering are not skill sets that are vocational. Mm-hmm. They are skill sets that are human. Yeah. So if you are compassionate, if you um, can listen empathetically, if you can hear things and take them in but not react, <laughs> then then we can work together. <laughs> Three simple diamond qualities. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, you know, sometimes we don't know that stuff about ourselves until we're actually put in a position where we have to figure it out. That's right. And that's okay too. But the, like the grace part of this is the, is the most important piece for me. And so if we, if you are already coming from a place that does not feel like grace, if it does not feel open, if it does not feel welcoming, then we are not a good match for each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what an amazing time. Like I'm just, I'm, it's occurring to me that, you know, I'm loving that we're going to be able to really broadcast this, you know, and, and what you're up to, to our listeners and, you know, what I want to say to my listeners is yes, like so many, so many of the women I think that I'm interacting with out there want to be, want to be part of this change and want to take an active role. And so here's one 
amazing avenue. So please, any of you that are interested in pursuing this conversation, contact Tracy. And I would love to find out if um, you'll have to tell me later, Tracy J, if anybody comes to you through this um, podcast and ends up doing this work. I, I really want to. So I, I'll, I'll be sure I'm going to talk more about this after the show. But I, I want to just acknowledge you for just everything. I love, I just love the whole conversation we've had today. I've loved the, how you started, you know, out with just the really understanding that questions, there are some questions we fail to ask ourselves like that is like the key. It was like the key revelation that brought you on this journey of self inquiry that now is really having this incredible impact in the world. Because I think of even the, you know, 100 voices, right, those 100 women, and then the 80 some odd that you just did. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's just like, wow, you know, I have put my hand on my heart that I'm thinking that all of those women or women and men are then going out and they've again had a model for how to have these conversations. And I think that's the key. When I step outside of myself and watch this thing unfold through, you know, this sort of third party objective, mm-hmm. I am a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, overwhelmed in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful to be in this space in the world and to offer what has only been lessons for me to offer them back to people in a way that has been well received. And I just, you know, I hope to continue to do it. It is my, um, it is my privilege and my honor to do that. And before we say goodbye, I did pull two questions out of the, I'm glad you asked it. (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. Um, And I'll say, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Yes. All right. So you're going to ask me two questions. I'm going to ask you two questions okay. and I will also answer the questions just for fairness for, yeah, let's be fair, Tracy. Okay. Yes. Let's be fair. <laughs> so the, the first one is what's your favorite playground item? Oh, all right. I, the first thing I thought was jungle gym. And then I said swing. Okay. Yeah. And I guess, you know, a, a jungle gym, because when I was a kid, that jungle gym could be anything. Like I could pretend that it was a structure, a house, I could be, you know, underneath, or I could, you know, run a bakery out of it, or yeah, yeah, you know, like, just do (laughs) stuff like that, you know, and then there was also kind of this idea that we could be climbing on top of it. And that was just where so much collaboration um, and play could happen with my friends. Okay, I know you be the astronaut and I'm the right. And you just kind of create as you go. And I loved I loved that environment for that reason. It was just because that structure could become anything that it was true that it was just a a co collaborative space. And I that has remained true for the rest of my life. I'm always nice. looking at things in that way. Like, what can that be? Or, you know, how can we co-create something that, you know, just transforms us us all in this moment? So that that will be the metaphor, that, that jungle gym. I love it. 
Yeah. My my favorite playground item is the swing. And for me, it is because nothing, nothing in the world matters when you're on the swing. Mm. Can only just like be in that moment, figure out how high you can fly and try not to kill yourself. Like, <laughs> like, yes. like that's the only two things going on on the swing. How high can I go and can I not die while I'm doing it? So... <laughs> Yeah. And I just, I, I love these questions because I just get that sense. Like I, it's almost like I'm like back as a kid on a, on a swing, you know, and of course I've like done it as an adult, but it's never like it was when you're a kid, you know, where you went so high that the chains actually would almost gap and you'd get that, yes. jerk, you know, and you'd be like, uh Oh, yes. I'm pushing the edge here. Yeah. Yes. Before you learned fear. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so great. So great. Because now I'm afraid and I can't do it either. But yeah, before you learn fear, yeah. you could just, you would like be trying to make the, the chains flip over the bar. Like you were just, yeah. All you were like, things. actually, I wonder if I bet I could. I bet I could go yes. all the way around this thing. Yeah. Yes. And when you get ready to get off, I bet I can jump. Mm-hmm. I bet I can jump from the highest place the swing can swing and I can jump and I can land and I'll be good when I do it. Mm-hmm. Like, before we learn to fear. Yeah. So, yeah. So good. Yeah. So the good. Swings. I love it. I love it. Okay. One more question. Okay. Finish this. I've always wanted to. Write a book. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've always wanted to write a book. And, and right. I'm in process. So. Yay. Yeah. It was, it was like that, you know, I had this kind of revelation where it was like, stop saying I've always wanted to just do it. Just do it. Yeah. And so uh actually the and it ends up that it's Monette, right? Who who con you know, helped me make the connection to you. Thank you, Monette. Uh-huh. And is Thank also you, Yeah, and is also helping <laughs> me to uh she's just done a great job to help me kind of outline the book and start off. So so I, I won't I won't be saying that. I'll have to create something something else that I wanna Yeah. You know, I've always wanted to do. And, and, I and like actually that. funny enough, two years ago, I would say, I, I, I want to, I've wanted to do a podcast. So I'm kind of so there. Yeah. I'm kind of getting better at just like, Oh, look at that. You can do it. You, you got this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my always wanted to, I've always wanted to do a Ted talk, mm. even though I wasn't really ever sure what the Ted talk would be about. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure if I still really want that. It's not even so much the TED Talk. It's what the TED Talk represents is, you know, a a platform for people to hear what's in my heart. Yeah. And so, like, maybe it'll come through TED and maybe it won't. But that's really what I want. I love that. Well, this this has just been such a delight. Um, I'm honored to have shared this time with you, Tracy. And I'm just so excited to see what more is revealed over the next and unfolds over the next few months for you. Thank you so much. This was great. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Well, and to our guests, we'll have everything in the blog post with Tracy J's links and more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. 
We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.